0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. You know, cultivating customer-centric processes is at the heart of any company that really, truly wants to embrace the essence of customer success. But a lot of organizations sort of struggle with shifting towards customer-centric organizations and, you know, culture. And I think this is such an important topic that I brought one person that's super, super passionate about it to kind of break it down for you. Like, what does it really mean? How has he seen the approach of going through that transition into customer centric companies? If you are having any sort of like issues or challenges and in moving into becoming a customer centric company, or you're in that process, but looking to really Peel that onion. Like, what does it really mean? Look at the different shades of gray of, you know, what should we be looking at as we're transitioning towards customer-centric organization? Stick around. I am going to have the VP of Global Customer Success from Vinley, the one and only Jason Noble.
1: Hi there, Eric. Thank you very much for having me. Really excited to be here to join you on one of the YouTube sessions. Yes, stay
0: tuned. We're going to be right back. Jason,
1: your accent, where are you from? My mum and dad are originally from Yorkshire in the UK. I've lived my kind of the last 20 odd years in London. So there might be a little bit of a mixed accent, but I'm UK, kind of London. Been here for years and love the place.
0: And what's your best thing for you to do? Like what's your hobby or best way to spend your time?
1: I love the world of technology, both in and outside of work. I have been loving it for years. Really? So kind of educating people on that, talking my kids on that. A big fan of the outdoors. I love going on walks. Kind of runner as well. I, I like long distance running.
0: The, for those who are in London, what's your most favorite place to hike
1: or run? I live in kind of West London. So we've got around here Richmond Park, Bushy Park. I mean, I, I live near a small one called Crane Park that's it's relatively small, but you, it's as if you're not in London. It's incredible.
0: Jason, you're not only global VP of customer success in the trenches, in customer success, what some other know you actually is from your podcast.
1: Absolutely. I'm the founder, well, the co-founder of the Jason's Take On podcast, myself and Jason Whitehead, my counterpart in the US. It's three and a half years now we've been doing it. And we've had yourself on as a guest with us, which has been amazing. We've had some incredible customer-focused conversations, just Jason and I on conversations, but all sorts of topics, not just on customer success, but on growth. We've had some incredible guests on with us as well. And we've got some great ones planned. Really excited. there's loads more coming. So yeah, please keep an eye on for more podcast episodes. There's got a lot more in the planning as well.
0: Many organizations asks themselves, how can they become more customer-centric Jason, you're the one proposed to have this topic. Maybe you could share, why is this topic so important? Why did you pick that one to talk to me about it and kind of share it with our audience?
1: It's really part of the essence as to what we're doing in customer success. And I think a lot of companies and individuals struggle with what it really means. We've seen probably over the last 20 years, there's been a big investment in technology and kind of technology businesses and services and I think we've almost forgotten to focus on the customer so what you're seeing now and we're seeing this growing trend which is really exciting is businesses kind of coming back to saying well actually are we thinking about the customer the right way are we really being customer centric I I don't think you'd ever get a business who outwardly said well look we're not about the customer but you're seeing this shift and we're seeing more and more focus being put on Customers, customer success. You're seeing investment in customer success organizations and teams. And I think the key thing is that the reason that being customer-centric is so important is not, not only the obvious that your customers stay loyal when they have good experiences with us, and that when sales and product, when we're delivering on our promises, but also as our customers are changing, and we're we're in a world now where change is so dynamic, so fast that as our customers keep changing and evolving, so too are the ways that we operationalize how we work with them and how we support the customers and I think for me you're only really truly customer centric if you're observing that evolution and what's happening to your customer base and you have to be very agile and nimble to respond to that and I think one of the challenges we've had is there isn't really and this might be controversial but I don't think there's ever really been a good definition of what being customer centric actually means what what does it really mean for us for me a business and a company is customer centric when it delivers ongoing and growing value to and for their customers. And I think that's really key. I really like that because it includes a reference to now and the long term. It talks about what it is that the value and who it's for the customers, but it also allows us to think about our customers in really three different dimensions. One, our customers as you and I would know them our team our employees and I love in customer success is the fact that we're about someone else's success and that includes our team but also our investors and our senior stakeholders so i think that definition of customer centricity is really key and that i think is one of the key things to start off
0: you know it's still shocking to me every now and then you know i get a prospect in my you know consulting firm's pipeline and i talk to them and then sometimes i'm still shocked to see how companies are still very much not customer-centric, what does it mean to you when a company is
1: not customer-centric? What are some of the symptoms that you're seeing? I think lots of companies are going on this transition Some of the symptoms you see are that internally there might be different goals, different objectives that are almost counter to each other and opposing each other within the different teams. You see silos within organizations, teams not collaborating and working well. And again, I think in customer success, one of the roles as a customer success leader that you play is that facilitator. There's a huge horizontal role that we're playing in breaking down those silos. And and you can see that in organizations where teams aren't talking to each other, teams are working independently. There isn't that collaboration. I think another key thing is where you've got perhaps a customer focused team there's feedback coming in from customers but that feedback is going into a black hole it's not going anywhere there's no interaction with product there's no interaction with with the technology team the engineering team and, and the customer facing team so yes we're listening or we're hearing what the customers are saying but we're not really listening to it so there's no real voice of the customer and that's not being represented back to the business the other key challenge that you'll see is that when there are customers that come into the business that really we can't help them they're the wrong type of customers and we talk about kind of ideal fit customer profiles. And I think that, again, is a really, really, it's a big symptom. When you know when you see customers that are struggling, they're struggling getting value, they're struggling in interactions, they don't know what it is we're delivering. And that symbolizes bad fit. You've seen that in many organizations. There may be problems with churn that are coming about through that product market fit. So I think they're some of the things that you can look out for. Can a company have a customer success organization and still not really be fully customer centric? A big yes. And I think the flip side is they don't have to have a customer success organization to be customer centric. So,
0: mm.
1: talking through your, your kind of first scenario, quite often when organizations bring in customer success, it's a reactive thing. There's a problem. We've got some issues with churn, we've got customers leaving, we've got problems with product, we've got support escalations, and they bring in customer success to be reactive and fix problems. So, initially, there are some big challenges. So the customer success function is not helping define a mission, a vision, but fixing some specific issues. So in those instances, you might see a support organization, a management organization just be relabeled as customer success. So not really focused on that proactive thinking, that real engagement to drive value. So you can absolutely see it. I've seen it in multiple organizations, but quite often that's the place to start. By building up your customer success team like that, there might be some issues. You then need to come in and start taking a shift, take the team through a transformation, build out a better team, better processes, different levels of engagement, you know, create a proper customer success function that drifts away or moves away from just being focused on being reactive. And I think that's important to see. I I said as well that on the flip side, I think you can have a customer-centric organization without a customer success function. For me, customer success, it's not a team. It's a way of working. It's it's a vision. It's how we work. Do I need a specific customer success team if my product team, my product works, my product delivers value? Maybe not. I think you can have a customer-centric organization without the focus on just a specific customer success function
0: hundred percent. So clearly you're very passionate about this topic. If I was an organization, maybe I'm the CEO or the CCO of a company and I'm thinking, well, you know what, we're not customer centric enough. Have you gone through the process yourself of transitioning a company to become more customer centric? And if so, can you share from your experience, what would you advise these folks if they wanted to take their company into that transformation of having a more customer centric culture?
1: I think some of the key things for me is you, you need that customer focused leadership. So whether it's advisory services, or whether it's the likes of a chief customer officer or, or a senior VP of customer success, that role is critical to really be that voice of the customer at the leadership table. And quite often it's the piece that's missing. For me, it's about bringing the conversation about the customer into the board level, into our executive meetings. Now, what are we doing? What's the customer really saying? This is really important because it also helps It helps the rest of the leadership team and even your CEO, your execs really understand what it means to have that customer-centric mindset. And that, that is a change. So I think having the leadership there or having the buy-in that we need to make a change is critical. Bringing someone in that can really help define what a vision is, what do we need to do? And I think there are absolutely some things that you can do tactically to really start at that level and to really say, mm-hmm. well, what do we need to do? How do we make these changes? And I think for me, some of the really key things you can do are really build A voice of the customer program, you know, consistently listen to what our customers are really saying and empower your teams to do something with that. Don't, as I said earlier on, quite often that feedback goes into a black hole, but don't just hear what they're saying, but listen to it. Make decisions from it and allow your team to make decisions and empower based on that. That alignment there with getting your customers or your team to be empowered really helps align people to what the mission is we're trying to do. And I think that's really, really key. I think the other kind of tactical thing, it's tactical, but it's also strategic, is actually define what do we mean? What are we trying to do? What does customer success or customer vision mean for us? So define a customer-focused mission, but make sure that your goals across the business are aligned. So make sure that sales, marketing, support, product, we're all focused on the right thing. You know, we're driving value for our customers, not focused on just leads or not just focused on certain technology coming in, get that alignment. And that takes some time to do. You need that collaboration. I think some of the key things that I've done as well is to start breaking down those silos within your business is start, start collaborating, set up regular conversations with sales, mm-hmm product with technology that sounds really simple, but they might not be there. And whether it's just a one-on-one regular cadence where you get the teams together and do kind of like a churn analysis, win-loss, you know, with sales, product, and service or, or customer success... are some of the sales that we've won and not won and why haven't we won them some of the challenges we've had on implementation and support and success so really start sharing that and then i think you can start bringing you bring the voice of the customer into every day-to-day meeting you know this is what the customer is saying listen to the feedback but take action for it and i think that's critical then some of the the other things you can do are really you can start looking at linking how do you link compensation kind of variable pay packages to what the customer is saying. How do we bring the customer into that subject? That's, that's really interesting. A lot harder to do, but something that I think is really, really key. It's not just about landing new business, but it's how do we compensate for customer lifetime value for bringing the right customers into the business? And I think the other thing you can start doing is you, as part of hiring processes, how do we make sure that we're bringing in really people that are customer focused, that we're hiring people that have got empathy skills. They understand this. They understand customer orientation and go through your own internal onboarding processes like a customer. You know, let's go through those same processes. One of the other really things that I think is really good to do is have people internally, whether it's your exec, even your CEO, but be a customer. Have somebody be the customer for a day. Go through your whole processes, go through support, go through sales. That can be a real eye opener. And there are organizations that I've seen been involved in where the CEOs do it. And it's a really powerful thing to do just to understand what is the experience? Is it what I think it is? You know, I've got a vision as to this is what our engagement with our customers like, but Mm. is that what it's really like? That's wonderful.
0: Like a lot of really good tactical tips. Realistically, how long does it take to actually see some changes in an organization as you go through this transformation process in the culture?
1: It really depends. Complexity of organizations. And I think that's one of the really driving factors. The more complex an organization, the more mature an organization, this is something that can take longer. If you're in a small organization, startup organization that is naturally very nimble and agile, they can make changes quicker. You could do this. Probably over a timescale of kind of six months, 12 months, maybe even less if you put in place a really solid program around it, put the investment in. But I think with more complex, larger organizations, you're probably going to be looking at 12 months, 24 months, really because these are global organization-wide transformation processes. And that's not to say that there aren't milestones along the way that make a difference. But I think to go through those really organizational-wide transformation programs, they're not small pieces of work.
0: Are there any pieces in this transformation process that you found as sort of like quick wins versus some of them that are like
1: really a little bit longer and challenging? For me, some quick wins are defining that mission. You know, what is our customer focused mission and the individual team goals? That can be a quick win. You need the buying from all the different teams, but that can be a quick win. The internal collaboration, I think. If you do it well, that can be a quick win. There's nothing stopping anybody in an organisation speaking to somebody else. And you want that to be commonplace. You want other team members Mm -hmm. to do it. So that for me can be a real quick win as well. The other thing when you're looking at kind of role play in being a customer. That's something, again, that's something that I like to do whenever I join a new business, you know, be a customer. That's something you can do really quickly. So I think a lot of these things are more strategic, but there are absolutely something some things that are more tactical that can deliver value very quickly back.
0: Well, obviously the ideal scenario is that the CEO leads the vision for this initiative, but you said before somebody needs to actually operationalize it and put it into a roadmap and hold champions, accountable, who in the organization would work with the CEO to make this happen?
1: I think for me, the ideal role is your chief customer officer. And I'm excited to see now that role over the last five to 10 years, we've seen a massive growth Mm -hmm. in that role. It started off in the US, but we're beginning to see in Europe more and more placements in that role. So you've got someone at the exec level that is focused on your customer. You hit on a really key point there. The CEO, you cannot do this without the buying from your CEO. And that's super, super critical. The buy-in from your CEO to say, yes, we're making this change, this doesn't work unless you've got that. There's no, any chief customer officer, VP of customer success, you cannot succeed without that buy-in. And not just buy-in from your CEO, but from your CFO, your COO, the whole exec team. That's critical. But I think it is, it's someone at, at a VP or CCO level. That's where the change is needed. Someone that's got the... These changes are difficult, and I think you need to have very thick skin sometimes because they're not. Sometimes it's really challenging. You've got to have some difficult conversations, and there is a lot of pushback. So you need a lot of resilience, and for me, kind of having that resilience in this person is critical. But as I said earlier on, it's a it's really a horizontal role. You're working across the whole business to break down silos. It is that that chief customer officer, even chief revenue officer. I think that they're really that focus on growth from my customer base. Okay, so I went through this transformation
0: process and gradually, you know, I get more and more milestones and this roadmap and this strategic plan that I outlined for the next 12 to 24 months and transforming the company's culture into a more customer centric one. Find the CEO or even the CCO. Can I quantify the impact? What would the metrics be to sort of like say, this is the value that this whole effort brought about to our company?
1: I think for me, the ultimate metric is net revenue retention rate. So it's Mm. seeing growth from my existing customer base. That's the key one. You can also look at, things like revenue associated with our existing customers just show simple numbers about revenue growth you can look at churn I can look at net promoter score but for me the really critical one is net revenue retention rate I want to see that number growing it needs to be over 100% but that to me is that indicator that our customer function our customers really become the growth engine for the business that, that more value is being driven for our customers and we're getting more value for them that is the number one one for me and I think that's the one that my CEO wants to see. That's the one that the CFO wants to see. That's the one that the investors want to see. They want to see that the revenue from your customers is growing.
0: Are there some metrics that are going to be
1: impacted before the NRR changes or improves? I think I'd like to see, you know, you're more... Kind of advocacy, your loyalty focus one side. I said net promoter score. That's something that I think when you do this right, you can see a very quick change on that. Mm. Customer satisfaction as well, I think is a key one, you know, in our transactional interactions with support or engagement. How are customers rating us there? Advocacy measures. You know, I want our customers to to introduce us to other customers, to do case studies, white papers. Mm. They're only going to do that if we're doing the right thing and driving more value from them. So those are some metrics there as well. I think the other one, going back to my point earlier on, things like employee satisfaction. You know, if I look at my team as being critical to this dynamic of how we drive value for our customers and customer centricity, that's critical. So look at kind of EMPS, you know, what is my customer's team telling me internally?
0: So tremendous amount of knowledge and tactical advice about how to embrace customer centricity into the organization and really go through this cultural transformation and what kind of impact and how to measure it. Jason Noble, you are such a powerhouse in our community. I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time today to share this important topic with everyone.
1: A big, big thank you. As I said, I love what you're doing. Big fan of yours. Privileged to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. I really enjoy this conversation.